But anyway, thanks to the leaders that went. We had a great time. I, I know you did as well. Um, so we've been talking in Revelation. We've been talking about end times. We've been talking about all this stuff. And the more that it unfolds, it's almost the crazier it gets, is it not? I mean, and this stuff is going to happen, and we're you know, in the middle of seeing all that or, or you know, going to see that. And so we're, we're glad that we're doing that. We're in Revelation 11 today. So we're, in, we're about midway through. I mean, there's 22 chapters in this book. So we're kind of in there. 10 to 14 is somewhere in the middle of all of this stuff. And so we're in chapter 11. And we know the tribulation is seven years. We know that even from the book of Daniel. There's about four references in that. Uh, and the time period of... Uh, 3.5 years, and that's half of seven. Daniel talks about that. And so let's get going. Revelation 11.1, 1, are you ready? If you look at your chairs, there should be seatbelts now that we've attached to each chair. That you, No, we don't have those. But we're going to have us a good time. Let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us today. If you're a guest today, fill out your connection card. And, you know, you get a free T-shirt, Live Life on Purpose, at the Welcome Guest Center. Um, and so we're glad to do that. If you're online, you can fill that connection card out online. Pay us a visit. We'll be happy to give you a T-shirt. Um, we're just glad to be doing the work of the kingdom. So Revelation 11.1. 1. I was given a measuring stick, and I was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar and count the number of worshipers. So John gets a holy yardstick, if you will. But, you know, can you imagine that? I want you to measure with this. I mean, I don't know. He, you know he, so he gets this yardstick. He's told to take some measurements of the temple and the altar and do a head count. Now, this is a big deal. I mean, you know, if, if Jesus has given you instructions, God's given you instructions, I, you know, you feel like, wow, I got to, I got to, you're not going to mess this up. I mean, I, I want to do this the best that I could, obviously. So it's a big deal. But when John wrote this, there was no temple. It was destroyed by the Romans in, in 70 AD. So today, the Temple Mount, if you're talking about the Temple Mount, it's one of the most controversial pieces of land that they ever talk about, is uh, the place of the Temple Mount. So, uh, so it's the place where God promises to dwell with mankind. So in the church age today, in the age that we're living, we know that we are the Temple. How many knows that? And that he dwells in us. In other words, when we accept Jesus, we accept Christ, his spirit connects with ours, and that's how we get saved. We, we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, we do not doubt, we call on the name of the Lord. Come on. And when we call on the name of the Lord, how many knows he hears everybody that calls? And so he comes in, and he dwells with us, so we know that the, don't you know you are the temple of what? The Holy Ghost. And so we're understanding that as the church age, but uh, this refers to us, or to say that we're the church building, so why is this reference? So I'm just going to try to pull some of these out. There is something that, is, that we're going to read about or that we're talking about or that Jesus brings up, and all of this is called the abomination of desolation. In Matthew 24, Jesus said this was a sign to watch for. The first two verses of 24 of Matthew says, As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, Do you see all these buildings? He said, I'm telling you the truth, they'll be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of the other. Now, we talked about this early on, that it, we've seen that, what Jesus is saying. We have saw that come to pass. They have proven that how they had to tear, remember that, all the stuff apart. And so we've seen all of these things come to pass. The abomination, desolation, standing in the holy place. Daniel mentions it three times. He explains that the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for seven years. A peace agreement, if you will. So possibly one between Israel and Palestine, 
Uh, if that's right, it can include the Jews rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. But the Antichrist, you can't trust him. Shocker. He's going to betray everybody. I mean, that's like the people that just like, you know, it's going to be great. I like what the, the devils offer me. And when I, you know, when I go to hell, I'm going to party with all my friends. No, you're not. You're going to be in isolation, tortured, and tormented. You need to understand, he is selling you a lie. Do not buy the bag of goods. According to Daniel, halfway through the tribulation, it's three and a half years, it all changes. In other words, the Antichrist, again, the abominable. Isolation is the Antichrist setting something abominable in the temple. It's fun to say that word, abominable. I don't know. Just thought I'd throw that out there. In 95 AD and for about 1900 years, the idea of a new temple, was, it was just kind of out there. You know, it's just, okay, what's going on? In 1967, Israel reoccupied Jerusalem. Uh, kind of still crazy due to politics. The Jews can't rebuild the temple because the dome of the rock is on the site. So let me explain a little bit. It's like the one you see in the pictures. You see the big golden uh, mosque dome, the, the gold, you know, uh, it's a, it's a Muslim holy site, and they won't let it go. And so they, the Muslims, claim that the Dome of the Rock is upon the Temple Mount. And so that they, they like that, obviously. They think that's great. But what if they're off, or what if they're wrong? Let's look at Revelation 11.2. I'm still wound up, so I'm just trying to get into my gears here. Revelation 2 says, Do not measure the outer courtyard, courtyard, for it has been turned over to the nations. They will trample the holy city for 42 months. So the outer courtyard... Of the temples given to the Gentiles. It's given to the nations. Okay, now this is it's getting pretty cool. The archaeologists today say that the dome or the mosque is not on the mount, but it's in the outer court. So now they're having controversy on the actual position of this. And again, this is just people wanting to all be right. Think about the church that's so divided. We're right, you're wrong. This is, you know, it was it was grape juice. No, it wasn't. It was wine. It was this. It was that. It was, I mean, we're we're trying to split hairs on, on all kinds of things. But here's what we gotta understand. The Bible says Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. He's coming back for those that are his. Okay, let me try over here. He's coming back for those that are his. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> But he's coming back. We should be getting excited about that. But listen to this. This is what I'm, I'm studying this. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. 42 months. You know how long 42 months is? Three and a half years. I'm like, no way. Yes way. That's three and a half years. So the puzzle's starting to fit together. Things are starting to come together. Look at verse 3 of Revelation. I'll give power to my two witnesses. And that's what we're going to start keying on here. My two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap. It will prophesy during those 1,260 days. You know how long 1,260 days is? Three and a half years. Oh, my word. So these two witnesses are legends in the prophecy world. I mean, they're superheroes. We're in the superhero age, Marvel and DC and all that. Everybody wants a superhero. Everybody wants, you know, woo, what can you do? You know, all that kind of stuff. These guys are legends. So let me explain that for just a second. I mean, I know you know what legends are, but let me give you a clue how big they're being. Have you ever been to an epic Star Wars release? You go to the movie theater, Star Wars. There could be somebody dressed up like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Chewbacca. Just leave that where that's at. Darth Vader. Princess Leia with a couple cinnamon rolls on her head. I cannot be the only one that thinks like that. 
Maybe it's just because I'm a guy and they look like food, okay? I don't know. You just want to go, I'm hungry. Wait a minute. Mm. There's all of that. Now, if you're even before Star Wars, you're Star Trek. And so you're a Trekkie. Live long and prosper. That's not logical. All of those things. And people at, at those kind of conventions have big ears. They have different colored shirts because if you're a red shirt, you're an engineer. If you're a blue shirt, you're a science officer. If you're a gold shirt, you're the captain. It's amazing how people get caught up in those kind of things. I mean, I'm talking about fanatics. Revelation 11:4. these two prophets are, two, are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of all the earth. So you need to get the picture. These guys are legends. These are like, these are my two dudes. These are representing him. Witness means that these guys testify. They proclaim God's gospel. They are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. They are proclaiming the living word of God. God's truth to the world. And so remember, the world is being shaken We've seen all of these judgments start to come because they're still holding on to idols, if you'll remember, and we're still waiting on that seventh trumpet. But God is not done. He's giving them something. He's giving them hope. Who is the hope of glory? Come on. Who is the author of our salvation? Salvation in Jesus Christ. So for the first 3.5 years, witnesses... Now, I mean, just think about all this. We've already seen, uh, at this point, countless number of people getting saved. Remember, we, you know, there's people that are just, they've turned because they've seen all this stuff, and they know this is not good. So if you remember John, he couldn't count the number. You remember the 144,000, and we've talked about that. But true to form, people, people who need people. People, they don't like it when you step on their stuff. When you start stepping on the stuff they like, they don't like it. When you start uncovering things or, or saying, this is what the Lord says, and it starts revealing things, they don't like it. Not places, but I'm just saying there is an element. They don't like light shown in dark places, and they begin to lash out. They get angry. And that's how they respond. So what now? Revelation eleven five. If anyone tries to harm them, fire flashes. Now these are the two witnesses. If anyone tries to harm the witnesses, fire flashes from their mouths and consumes their enemies. This is how anyone who tries to harm them must die. Wow. Now if there was a prophecy convention, you can see why I want to be like that. I don't like you. I like that. I mean, this is nuts. I mean, it's not like they're, I mean, they're dressed in burlap. Just get the picture in your mind. I don't know. But people are getting mad because they are, they're not all coming with all this stuff. They're just like, here's the truth. Don't we need people just to tell us the truth? We just need somebody just to, you know, sometimes the truth hurts, doesn't it? My grandma used to say, you know, and you're, you're, you might have a grandma that said this, truth hurts 
was it? Hurts the least, cuts the, cuts the least, hurts the worst. There you go. All right. I'll let my, never mind what I'm saying. <laughs> what is that saying again? Let me get this straight. The sharpest knife cuts the something. <laughs> yes. That's it. Cuts the deepest, hurts the least. Does that sound good? We're going to go with that. But sometimes you just need somebody that comes along and says, look, this is wrong. Or, you know, that doesn't line up with the word. And if they go, you know what, you can't, I'm not judging you. I love you. I'm just saying, I have to live by this. Don't you have to live by it too? You see, we live in a society now that we have to tolerate everything according to the world. You got to be careful with that. Do you know you can love someone and still not agree with them? You still love them. And that's where, you know, you're going to have to take a stand. You know what? This is what I'll do. This is what I agree with. Man, but I still love you. But this is the way I'm walking. We live in a world that people need to walk the way they're supposed to walk. They need to walk with the word so that people know there's answers. Because we're all walking in the same stuff. It rains on the just and the unjust. It's kind of how you handle the rain. It's your attitude, it's your perspective, and it is by the grace of God. Come on, who am I talking to today? It is by God's grace that he just comes in and says yes, and people will say, wow, how come it just seems, that? well, it's not because God, it's just because I love him or you love him, and he says, that's my kid. Now again, let's reflect on what we're talking about, Revelation. All of this stuff, if you even remember the plagues in Egypt, they didn't affect the Israel people because they were in the land of Goshen. God protected them. God will protect you. When all this stuff happens, we're going to be getting out of here anyway. But I'm just saying for those that are left, their only choice is what you made before this happened. They need to choose. It goes on. There's more. Revelation 11:6. They have the power. Now listen to this. They have the power to shut the sky so that no rain will fall for as long as they prophesy. And they have the power to turn the rivers and oceans into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. Some say all of this, no rain, water to blood, plagues, it's symbolism. Maybe. This is what I think. I think at this point, God is done playing church. I mean, he has put it out there and put it out there, and he is just saying, okay, I mean, let's just think about this for a second. There's, there's going to be coming a time when the door of the ark has got to shut. Because the rain's coming. I can't stop the rain. The end of the world is coming. I can't stop that, but I tell you what, I can trust in the one that has it all under control. I can put my life in his hands and know my salvation is in Jesus. Now, I'm not here to scare you. I'm just trying to tell you truth. I think God is getting fed up at this point. But anyway, these two are on a mission, and nothing can stop them until that's fulfilled. They have a task. They have an assignment. You know, people ask me stuff, you know, and they, sometimes they get all upset. Well, you know, you want to you talk about you know, money and finances. And I understand my headship. That's, you know, his things, faith, family, and finances. I get it, but here's the reason. Until you can fix the money thing, 
you can't get free. Because you're always tied to, i got to do this. I'm, we're always tied to that system. We have to understand, we have to be devoted to God. Tied to his system. So that we can be obedient and do whatever he wants us to do. Money is just a part of it. But nothing can stop these guys until they finish their assignment. What's your assignment? You know, some people wait their whole life and they still get to heaven, but they never do their assignment because they don't understand kingdom principles. Kingdom, and we would have been doing that. I mean, God just intervened. I mean, crazy stuff. Stuff that I'm like, I don't even understand how this works, God. Are you sure? And I, I, if you ever just want to, okay, God, I'm going to try this. You ever just want to try stuff? Besides me. Okay. Well, then you get to hear what I tried. When Pastor and I first met, now I'm just telling you the honest truth. We first met, I, I was kind of, I was more skeptical in some ways. Like, are you serious? Come on. Because I was not taught this in the denomination that I, you know, got ordained in. I just wasn't taught that. And I, and, but I knew him enough to know that he was genuine. He's not lying to me. And so I had to make a choice because I thought, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong and he's right? And I would live my life not being completely fulfilled because I was too prideful or stubborn. That's probably for me. I was too <laughs> prideful or stubborn to, to find out another way. And I was telling pastor this not long ago. And I, I, was, I went out, we lived and we had acreage and it was up against hundreds of other acreage. And I, I literally, I mean, I love God. And I said, God, if this is true, I want you to show me. And so pastor had showed me some kingdom principles, and I, I, I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I released my faith, and I prayed with Kim, and we agreed. And, I, and this is a true story, totally true. And I was telling pastor this a couple weeks ago, and he was laughing. So maybe it'll make his book, his next book or something. But I, I believe God for an eight-point buck. Not a four-point, not a six-point, not a ten-point. I was like, I just want an eight-point buck. Uh, you know, I had a 12-point on my wall. It's in my office right now. God had showed that. I had an eight-point in the garage. He did that, all that kind of stuff. But this is all somewhere in the middle of or before. I, I don't even remember the time frame. I'd have to think about it. But I believe for an eight-point buck. So I went out to hunt. Now, this is during gun week. I got orange on. I'm not camouflaged. The only scent I have is probably B.O. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, you know, I mean, it was in wintertime, and I was, I, I was dressed. And so I kind of remember it was, it was kind of one of those starting to get warmer, and I remember sweating. And I, I was leaning up against a tree, and I had a tree. I had two places. I had four places that I hunted in stands, but a couple of them were ground blinds. And, t and both of those on a tree, I had put a heart I carved in it, and I put in the heart, I love Kim. And I carved it right there, and I had a white bucket. And then it was a five-gallon bucket, and I was sitting on that bucket. I propped my gun up there, and I was tired. So I folded my arms, and I fell asleep. Great white hunter. <laughs> I woke up. And from me, about 10 yards away, is an eight-point buck laying on the ground staring at me. I'm not covered up. I'm not in camouflage. I'm in orange. I don't know if you're a color, but I don't know how that works. I don't know if he's like, look at that idiot. I don't know what he's doing. But he's just laying there, 
And he's, like, he's got his legs underneath him. And I mean, he's this beautiful eight-point buck. And I'm, <gasps> and that's what exactly what I sewed for. So I have to ask myself, why did the deer come? And why is he laying there? And the answer, those answers are, I had faith for it. And faith brought him there. Secondly, I was asleep. So he couldn't leave because I was asleep. I would have never known he was there. He could have came up and sniffed me, licked my face, and took off. I don't know. And then I woke up and I saw him, and I was—I remember inside, and I knew like that—it works. I remember saying that to myself: "It works." And I've tried, and and then as I shot at it, and he waved at me as he went over the hill. Pastor said, "You didn't get him." I said, "No, I was shaking so bad, and heck, I just woke up." <laughs> so he just was laughing. So Brett, what's your principle? I'm saying in this whole thing. People need somebody that's going to say, you know what? The kingdom of God works. When you get to this point in Revelation, your choices are very, very limited. Really, there's only two choices even now. So, I mean, you need to know that. But I'm just saying, it's not like this. There's no fun time to experiment. There's no, hey, I'm just trying this thing out kind of thing. God has an assignment for these witnesses, So when they get attacked, when people get upset, they're able to distinguish, you know, and that's all taken care of. They defend themselves. They can't be stopped, not yet, but let's let's keep going. Revelation 11, 7, when they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare war against them. He'll conquer them and kill them. And I'm like, killed? And it gets worse. Let's move on to 8 and 10, 8 through 10 of 11. Their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city that is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was crucified, and for three and a half days. It's interesting that the days are three and a half. Think about the year, halfway, three and a half. You need to understand God doesn't do anything just randomly like that. There's a purpose for everything that he does. Three and a half days, all peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies. No one will be allowed to bury them. All the people who belong to this world will gloat over them and give presents to each other to celebrate the death of the two prophets who had tormented them. That's a lot in there. That says all the people of the world. Now, some people are like, that means then everybody that's left. No, the people that left and loved the world. Now, they're happy because these guys were telling them the truth and they didn't like the conviction. So they are gloating. Ha-ha, they finally got what's theirs. And so people say, why would that happen? Their testimony is complete. But I believe the world is allowed to show its true colors. I think that's important for us to understand. But don't, don't be afraid. After three and a half days, listen to what God does. You've you, you got to understand, Jesus went through all of the torment he did because he knew he already proclaimed, I'm going to come back. He already said, this is what's going to happen. In three days, I'll be raised again. So in three and a half days, God raises these two witnesses back to life And a voice calls out, and then they go up in plain sight up to heaven on a cloud while mouths are just like, they just are dropped open. 
Now, think about all of this that happens. God breathes life back into them. These guys are dead three and a half days. There's no life. They've been murdered, and they come back to life, and they hear a voice from heaven, and they go up. How did Jesus leave when he left? In a cloud, and everybody saw him. I'm saying God doesn't do anything by accident. There is no mistake that God has a plan. God has a purpose, and Jesus is coming back again. You need to get ready. If I had enough and I could get my daughter to sing it, I'd let her sing, people get ready, Jesus is coming. <laughs> that is amazing. Those that rose, this is what the Bible says, the loud voice from heaven called to the two prophets, come up here, and they rose to heaven in a cloud as their enemies watched. That's 11 and 12. As their enemies watched. Just like the scripture says, doesn't the scripture in, now think about this, in Psalms, he puts a table in the what? Presence of my enemies. That's huge. Come on, somebody. That's huge because God is not only going to do what God is going to do. He's going to let the enemy see it happen. He's going to get a see. And I know if we were human and we were God or even those two witnesses, we'd be going, you know. But thank God he's bigger than that. But what he's going to do, he's going to lay that table out. And in the presence of all that defiled, all that denied, all that said Jesus isn't real, all God is saying, you have yet to see it, but you will see it. A massive earthquake rocks Jerusalem and the survivors give God glory, Revelation 11, 13, and 14. And at the same time, there was a terrible earthquake that destroyed a tenth of the city. 7,000 people died in that earthquake. And everyone else was terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second terrorist passed, but look, the third terrorist coming quickly. I mean, you talk about shaking things up. I mean, just it's all falling apart. There are people, when they're afraid... Have you ever known somebody that when they get afraid, and this is what happened. How many remember 9-11? Church filled up 9-11. Right after 9-11, everybody's coming to church because America had been under attack. And life as we thought we knew it or what was happening, we weren't sure what was happening. And people were coming back to God by the droves because, and so it brought them back, but it was short-lived. Once things rocked back to normal, they're like, you know what, uh, I'll just use God on the hotline. Whenever I need him, I'll, I'll call him then, but I'll just go back to what I was doing. People, that's what happens. They get, they get afraid or something happens they can't explain. They run to God, and once things settle down, once the dust settles, then they don't need God anymore. 11.15 of Revelation says, The seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven, the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Now think about what we just said. The seventh angel blew his trumpet. This, what I'm saying right now, is the mystery. We talked about not a mystery, but we talked about the mystery. This is the big one. From the beginning, this has always been about the kingdom. We need to understand that. God made, think about Garden of Eden. Think about Adam and Eve. It was perfect. And we know that that got ruined and, and they gave that to the enemy. And so then there had to be Jesus to come back. But he had to come back and do it in such a way that he had to come back in the right lineage. 
He had to come back through a woman. He had to be born of God. There are so many things that had to fulfill prophecy for him to come back so that he could be sinless. It's always been about the kingdom. He's always referred to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. On his cross, as they crucified our Lord, it said, King of the Jews. See, the plan was to bring the world into the kingdom under the king's dominion. His kingdom, where he reigns forever and ever. Revelation eleven sixteen and 17 says, The 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshipped him. And they said, We give thanks to you, Lord God, the Almighty, the one who is and who always was. For now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. Isn't that what we want? We just want, if we're believers, we just want him to reign. Sometimes it's tough for us because we want him to reign. We, we'll say, He's Lord of all, but if we or say, you can have this part of my life, Lord, but you can't have this part. If he's not Lord of all, he's probably not Lord at all. So there's things, and that doesn't mean that we're bad. It just means that we have to get things under the submission of Jesus in the kingdom. We have to get forgiveness. You might be saying, well, Brett, why didn't he just reign now? I want you to listen to me. Because loyalty requires a choice. Allegiance requires a choice. Joshua says, choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can't straddle this subject. You have a choice. You're either a believer or you're not. You're either with Jesus or you're not. Now, I know that sounds hard, but that's just the truth. You're either a believer or you're not. You either believe the way God has it in his word or you don't. Because what happens is when the pressure comes and pressure will come, you will have to stand on what you believe. How many knows it's kind of like friends? You don't know who really is your friend until there's something that tests that. Tea isn't any good unless it's put in hot water. Unless my mother was making the tea. That's another subject. But isn't it amazing how things are tested? Who you know, your family, how loyal they are to you in times of trouble. Jesus said this, and I, I wrote this down. It's, he said this different times. The kingdom of God was what? At hand. What are you saying? What he's trying to tell you is you don't have to look around. It's at hand. It's within your reach. I never thought of it like that. Because I asked God, I said, explain that to me. Well, it's at hand. It's within your reach. Do you understand that the kingdom, you have the power, the authority to bind and to loose. You, you, you can walk in the blessings and the power of the kingdom. It is at hand. It is within your reach. You want to change your life? Change what you walk in. 
Look around you and say, God, is this, you know, am, I, am I doing what you're asking me to do? Is there something I need to change that will, that will affect the outcome of what I'm doing? What happens, and we heard, I mean, Pastor didn't know my notes. He was saying stuff last night. What happens is when the pressure comes, because Pastor Drinder was talking about sowing of the seed. And there's that in Mark where it talks about it gets choked out and there's pressure and all that. What happens is then what our allegiance is, this is what we say when it gets, starts getting choked out or pressure starts happening and we don't see what we want because we are not walking by faith. Faith is not by sight. We say it didn't work. And we null and void what God has put in us or the word that he has given us with our own mouth and our own actions, and our own belief system. And then we say, it's just not working. But we're not really based on what the word is saying. We're based on our emotions. You can't base a lot of things, really anything, on your emotions. It's good to have emotions because God wants you to feel, but you don't base your life on that. You, have you ever not felt saved? Hit your thumb with a hammer. <laughs> Stub your toe. I got one for you. When our kids were growing up, Step on a Lego in the middle of the night with no socks or shoes on. That's what we ought to throw over to the other people. Just throw a bunch of Legos on the ground. Let them step on them. Oh, man. I remember falling on my kid's bed, grabbing my foot like, help me. That was worse than an appendicitis. See whose kingdom you follow completely. What are you sold out for? Are you sold out for Jesus? I love my wife. Love my wife with a passion. She was able to tell one of our kids, which, I mean, I would expect nothing less. She said to, to uh, one of our children, she said, you know, I'm not trying to be preachy. You ever just, you, wanna, you don't want your kids to be offended and you're trying to tell them something about God. But then she says this, and I'm like, you go. She said, this is just how it is. This is how, come on, this is how we live. This is our life. I can't tell you any different. I'm not going to make anything up. This is my life. It is the word, and I will follow it to the letter. Deal with it. Now, she didn't say it mean, but I'm just saying, yes. I mean, she was a cheerleader. She'd be... This is my life. Yes. Go, Jesus. But here's the thing. With that, our children see the fruit in that. Because you stay with it. Come on. You stay with it. You stay with it. You stay with it. Bread, it doesn't look like it. You stay with it. The word, the word, the word, the word. Stand on the word. Stay on the word. Declare the word. It is the word that... It never changes. It will change you. If God said it, it's a done deal. Remember, the kingdom you choose in this life will be the kingdom you inherit forever. <clears throat> well, it's spring. Wasn't it just the other day? It was the first day of spring, I think. Do you do a purge of your things? In spring, do you ever just start going through stuff? Spring cleaning, we call it. 
I believe that in Revelation here, God's about to clean house. How many have stuff that you swore that you cannot live without, but then you have stuff that you haven't seen for five or ten years that you couldn't live without, but you didn't even know you had, you forgot? <laughs> Probably could get rid of it. Revelation 11, 18 and 19, the nations were filled with wrath, but now the time of your wrath has come. It's time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets, as well as your holy people, and all who fear your name, from the least to the greatest. It's time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. Then in heaven, the temple of God was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen inside the temple. Lightning flashed, thunder crashed and roared, and there was an earthquake and a terrible hailstorm. Spring cleaning. This time of year, you'll see all kinds of stuff sitting out on the curb. People will go in. They'll put stuff out there. And I get it. Sometimes we'll, we, you know, Kim and I will sow stuff to goodwill. Because, you know, we'll just use some stuff as seed. Other stuff we just give if somebody wants it. Other things I'll just set out. How many have ever set something out and it's gone in minutes? Yes. Us too. I mean, you're just like, this is not going to last. And it'd be, you know, sometimes Kim and I, she goes, oh, that'll stay out there. I'm like, No. I set a TV out one time. It was a bigger TV, but it was one of those older ones. And she said, I don't think anybody would take that. I mean, it wasn't like 20 minutes. And an older woman came, and she was trying to pick that TV up and shove it in her car. So I said, ma'am, I'll, I'll help you, but I don't know if that's going to fit. And she's like, it'll fit. You're giving it away? Yes, ma'am, you can have it. Does it work? Yes, I'll take it. Okay. And I helped get it in her car. We, actually, I think we got it in the trunk with the trunk up. But what I'm saying is, it's amazing. There's things that get kicked to the curb, and then you'll see other people go and they, they pick through them. Now, I'm not again, I mean, you might see a good table on the side of the road. People just don't want to do anything with it. They'll just set it out, and somebody will it'll say free, or they'll, you know. That, there's nothing wrong with that. I've seen people make some good money because of what is somebody else's junk is somebody else's what? Treasure. And so they'll go through that. Let me ask you this morning where are you at today? In all of this talk of revelation and all of this judgment and all of this stuff and all of this things happening and, and what God is doing, do you feel like you need purged? Do you feel like you need some kind of spring cleaning? Do you feel like, no, I just feel like I've been kicked to the curb. And what happens is in life, and those that are watching online, you need to listen, in life, we let offense get in. Somebody hurt us. Somebody did this. And so we, we walk around wounded. We walk around offended. And it's hard to receive truth and correction and peace because we're too wounded. And God wants you to pass that. How many knows that God is the biggest thing that you could ever have? Everything that you need is found in God. And if we'll believe that, you know, there's things that I think that, you know, that God allowed, and as we grew in him, they just weren't a part of us anymore. You know, some, some stuff that we watched, we thought, oh, this is great. And then you ever watch a movie like six months or a year later and go, I like this? This isn't even funny anymore. And sometimes it's, it's not that it was an inherently bad movie or whatever, but it's like God has already taken me past what triggered that. Now I'm just, I, he's just, he's growing me. The Bible says he takes us from glory to glory. Sometimes it's just a change of friends. Sometimes friends come for a season. They help you for a season, they move on. 
They're great people, but God has plans for them just like he has plans for you. Other times, it's a season of you, you had to go, you know what, I love you, I'm not going to hang out. Because we don't see eye to eye on whatever. I still love you. I'm just not going to spend a lot of time there because you will affect who you hang out with or they will affect you. That is just the fact. So let me ask you this morning. I'll let them put some altar music on real quick here. Where are you at? Those that are online, you know, as we're going through this, we're going to be in, in the 12th chapter of Revelation next week. That's Palm Sunday. Then we have a special message on Easter. I, need, I want you to invite as many people to Easter Sunday as you can. Because everybody in here, we need Jesus. Oh, Brett, I already got Jesus. Then you need more of him. I need more of him. They asked a, a famous preacher one time, they said, how come you always talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How do you always talk about just getting more of God? You know what his answer was? I leak. Life is going to drain you. But you have to have something that fills you. Now, back in the day, remember when waterbeds were really popular? I mean, I'm not saying they're not now. I mean, I don't know. But there was back in the time, Kim and I got a waterbed. And in ministry, we moved a few times with that waterbed. And in the beginning, we'd fill it with water, and it would be like Mount Everest. Because whatever, whatever that stuff is in there, it hadn't settled yet. And in the beginning, it, I don't know if they call them baffles. So if I'm wrong, but, you know, it's supposed to, like, you could hit it, and the, the bed would just go... And that'd be it. Well, after, after several years of moving and moving like that, I'd get in the bed, and it would be like Hawaii Five-0. I would send her to the other side of the room. I'd, that bed would have a tidal wave, and she'd be, bum, 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 bum. She'd almost fly off the bed and go, honey! I'd be like, is that what your life is like? What I'm telling you, it's time for us to upgrade to Jesus. Quit letting the world determine how you should live. Let God show you how to live. You know, when I was telling Pastor that deer story and watching his eyes, his eyes just lit up and he laughed. He goes, that deer was laying there. I said, was laying with all four legs underneath him, laying there staring at me. I don't have an explanation for that. Deer don't go, hi there, why don't you shoot me? Here, let me stand real close and just go ahead. They just don't do that. I had to start asking myself, this is the kingdom. This is something that's working that's far greater than me. I'm not perfect. But I do know that when this happens, I want all the people that are dearest to me to be in heaven. I want my family in heaven. I want my heritage in heaven. And one day, when I get to heaven, I'm going to see my, my firstborn. I'm going to see my son. I don't know if you'll be, I'm assuming he's going to be a man. I don't know. You know, maybe he would be a baby, but I don't, I think he's, he's I just know that it's him. And he'll know that it's me. And I would not be surprised if his mother and I and him 
and his sisters and brothers turn around. He says, I want to introduce you to someone. And there we'll see the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And he'll say, welcome home. I want that for you too. I want when we get raptured, we're all going to meet by the east wall. How's that? We'll have a TLC meeting over there. And Glenn will be in cowboy boots. <laughs> It'll be an awesome time. Do you trust him? Do you trust your life with him? When pressure comes, as this world is doing what it's doing, do you still stand strong? Do you stand on the word and say, you know what, this is what I stand on? Doesn't mean you're perfect, but the word is. So that's what I stand on. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, with 